to a special beer and food episode of... Brutal Battle. So this one in particular, we're spending our New Year's Eve doing an episode for you guys, for you listeners. Actually, we we every year have plans with like the same people, the same couple. We go back and forth hosting. And this year, actually just a few weeks ago, I was like, oh, what are we... Wh- who's hosting? What are we doing this time? And they're like, oh... We're, we're going to be in Spain for the new year. And I was like, oh, okay. So we're like, oh man, we just have to spend it with each other. <laughs> Which, honestly, that's fine. Yeah. So I I came up with this idea. Well, first of all, Rebecca came up with the idea of having a multi-course meal for our New Year's. And then I was talking about doing beers. And then I think you had the idea of, well, why don't we just roll it all together and let's do an episode. And I was like, that sounds good to me. Because we can always use more episodes. Plus, this is fun. And the other thing is we've talked about making food for beer and food episodes. Um, we've only made one thing in this one, though. <laughs> yeah. So what we did, because we didn't want to put too much work in on New Year's Eve, we went and we got, um, we're going to have four food items, four different types of food items. We have uh, a dip that we're doing right now with some crackers. That dip came from Trader Joe's uh, grocery store. It was like one of their frozen items. They have really good frozen items, they though. Do. Like, amazing. So we're doing that, and then we have a meal that we're going to do together where there's a side and a main course. The main course we got from a place called Box Hill Pizzeria, and we'll reveal what that is later. They're very well known for these things. But the side we we made, and we'll tell you what that is when we get to it, and then there's a dessert from a place called Flavor, which we won't tell you the rest of the name, so you can find out later. And then we're going to do a, a one beer with each food item. So, here we're going to kick it off, and hopefully when people are listening to this, you're thinking back to what you did on New Year's Eve, and hopefully you didn't make bad decisions. Mm. Okay. Ready to pop it? Yes. So, the beer we're going to start with, well, and this is the thing, we, by committee, you know, committee of two people... <laughs> We we decided what beers we think would go with these uh, with these foods. So we don't know for sure. We didn't take anyone's recommendations. We just kind of looked at what the food was and think about the flavors, and then look at the beers that we had available and be like, what flavors do we think would go well? So we're we're taking a stab at these to see. So some may work, some may not work. I don't know. We'll find out. So what we have to start is minor minor. And it's by a collaboration, actually, with the brewery Sour Arm, their brewery Teru, and the Collective Brewing Project, which Collective, I think, is also out of California, but I'm not 100% sure. So their Minor Minor is a grisette-style ale aged in oak fooders with orange blossom and calendula flowers. And the ABV is 5%. Perfect. A nice and easy starter for the New Year's Eve. Yes. yes, always good to start slow. All right, so here we go. A little bit for my lady. Oops, spilled a little bit. This is a 750, so the pouring's a little, you know, challenging at times. It's definitely very yellow. Yeah. Yeah, very yellow. Hazy, too. Very hazy, small bubbles. Yeah, real, actually, it looks like they're actually, like, actively a lot of bub- bubbles coming from the very bottom of the glass. 
Is it dirty? No, I mean, I think there's just a normal nucleation yeah. point at the bottom of these glasses. It's just, it has a lot of carbonation, I yeah. feel like. But the head's not that big. I did mm. pour it agitated. The head's not that big, so it's kind of weird. All right, let's smell it. Hmm. Ooh. It smells, it smells floral. Yeah. It's like a nice, easy grisette type smell. This is actually also a little on the colder end at the moment, which will be fine. Yeah, I definitely smell that grisette style influence. So it's kind of like, I mean, it's very much like a Saison farmhouse yeah. ale. It's like a French version of, a, of that. I feel like I'm getting like a honeysuckle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see the honeysuckle. Like you're saying, it's very floral mm-hmm. as well. And I feel like I do get that oak. Okay. I'm good. definitely getting an oak note throughout. I'm getting lemon. Yeah, a little bit of lemon. It smells really light and refreshing and flavorful and a little bit funky, maybe. Like, kind of tart. Hmm. It tastes just like it smells. Just very oh, yeah. light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very drying on the finish. I like it. Yeah. It kind of, like, makes it have kind of a, a little bit of a finish and a mouthfeel, almost like a champagne. I was just... Well, I was just thinking this is a really good New Year's beer. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Um, as I keep s- sipping it, I'm getting... The honey is growing. The floral notes are growing. Because when you take your first few sips, it's mainly that kind of like lemon tartness coming through, along with the kind of like uh, farmhouse yeast type flavor. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very light and it's very delicate. Uh, but then as you get kind of used to that lemony tartness, then you start getting the honey and the flowers just building up. And so, what was in it? Calendula flowers? Orange, orange blossom and calendula flowers. So orange blossom would also be a flower. A flower, yes. Okay. So that's where. Between the the calendula and the orange blossom, that's where all the flower notes are coming from. Okay. Well, I'm going into this dip because I'm, like, really yeah. hungry. Okay. So let's talk about what the dip is. The dip... You, I mean, You can start. That's fine. Rebecca's very hungry. So the dip itself is a cauliflower onion dip, but it has, like, cheese in it and, you know, things that are not good for you. So when you first hear cauliflower and onion, you're like, oh, it sounds healthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's, like, a bunch of cheese and, like, other stuff in there. Um, so you can tell me, what does it smell like? What does it taste like? It's horrible. You're not going to like it. Oh yeah. Well, that lets me know that it's actually probably amazing. Oh, and the crackers that we're using are like these severe multi-grain crackers. It's like tons and tons and tons of grains. So it's like very crisp and, uh, grainy as hell. All right. There's not going to be any for you. Well, move it over here. Tell me what it is. Don't honestly, like, don't just eat. Like, we're on a podcast. Yes, eating is a part of this one, but don't just eat. So what does oh. it taste like? It's definitely very cheesy. hmm I don't know if I could pick... If I didn't know what was in it, I don't think I would say, oh, cauliflower. But it's definitely very... I can tell there's vegetables in there. For me, the thing about cauliflower is when you break it up, and put a bunch of other stuff with it. it it's easy to disguise. Yeah. When it's like a head or like large chunks, you definitely know it's cauliflower. Yeah. So I guess it's it doesn't like surprise me. A mild flavor though. Yeah. Which is why, you know, like cauliflower rice and cauliflower crust pizza, like all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff is very in and good. I think it's good. 
Yeah. And I looked at it and I was like, eight servings. Oh my gosh. I'm like, um, we're pretty much going to eat this, the two of us. Oh yeah. But eight servings was only 60 calories. Yeah. So I don't feel too bad about that. So it's not super cheesy. No. Like it's cheesy, but I also get that kind of vegetal note. I get a little bit of onion. And it's important to point out that the, I believe the onions are are fried. Yeah, yeah, I did say fried onion. It's like fried onions. And it's Swiss cheese. Yeah. So, yeah, and you get a little bit of that kind of like Swiss cheesy taste. So, yeah, it's it's very light. It's what kind of people would think of like a cheesy dip. It's like a cheesy starter dip. But I think the crackers are adding a lot because the, all the, the grains and the mm-hmm. nuts in there. Well, not nuts. All the grains in it seeds. are. Yeah, and seeds. It's giving it a lot of like a toastiness, mm-hmm. like a very dark toastiness, which I think is marrying well with the cheesy dip. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now, Let's do it beer. with the beer. All right, you just had some, so I'm going to do one more and then go to the beer real quick. So tell us what you're getting. I don't feel like it goes, I feel like it takes a lot of that floral characteristics out. Um, It's still, like, really delicate and easy to drink. Um, It's definitely not as sweet. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe it's taking those floral notes out because of the vegetal notes in the dip are kind of, like, canceling out your perception of the floral then. So, so I mean, it does make it a little more lemony tart, but I think it also really accentuates that kind of, like, farmhouse yeast. And kind of, like, focuses more on that base. I could see that. I think it's a good pairing, though. Yeah, I do, too. Because it... Because it doesn't ruin the beer. Like, it just make, no. it makes the beer taste different. It's just kind of, what do you like most about the beer? So, for some people, it may kind of ruin it for that reason. But, hmm. I'm going to go the other way real quick. I'm going to cleanse my palate with some water, drink some of the beer, back. and then immediately go to the food. I might just kind of eat a spoon of this and see what it's like. Without the cracker. Without the cracker. Yeah, it's not a bad idea, actually. I mean, all that roastiness is going to be gone. Well, it's pretty good on its own. Okay. And then with the beer? Um. We'll move that over here. Yeah. I feel like I can get more of the cauliflower because you can get more of the crunch from the vegetable in there. Okay. And you can't get that with the crack with the cracker because the crunch of the cracker overpowers it. Mm-hmm. It kind of is the same. The beer is kind of the same just with... Okay. Yeah. Well, when I go from the beer to the dip and cracker, I feel like it accentuates the cheese. Hmm. So, you know, like the dip on its own, I feel like I'm getting like a good vegetal, I'm getting the onion, I'm getting the cheese, but the cheese is way more um, subdued. So when I just drink a little bit of that beer and go immediately to the dip with the cracker, I'm still getting a good amount of the roastiness from the grains in the cracker, but I get a lot of cheese. The cheese is, like, yeah. very pronounced after that, which I think is good. I like that. I think this is I, this is working for me. Yeah. No, it's definitely a good pairing. And I think that the changes that happen between the two things, like what the food does to the beer and the beer does to the food, even if you're not a big fan of the change, if you like mm-hmm. the food on its own better or the beer on its own better... It's not so drastic of a change that things clash, or it doesn't taste good. You might not even notice. 
That's true. You know what I mean? Because we're really paying attention. Yeah. Yeah, so if you don't, it's quite possible that people could just, like, keep going with it. To me, yeah. sometimes that's a good pairing. It's like when you don't mm-hmm. notice. Sometimes I'm like, ugh, this tasted good and now it's horrible. Yeah, and I could see people not really noticing. Because yeah. the other thing is, if you serve this beer and you're just like, this is a grisette. Mm-hmm. And you have it with the food, people would still recognize it easily as a grisette. Yeah. With a little bit of tartness. So, like, a wild grisette, basically. And it still tastes like that. The only thing that's really missing now is, is are those delicate floral notes. And that's fine. So I can't stop eating this. It is good. So, first course, good. First beer, good. Together, good. Okay. We're good. Stay tuned for course number two. Which will have two food items with it. So, and on to that course now. So, the main course is now in front of us, and that's the two food items we were talking about. Uh, just so people know, disclaimers, if you hear the sound of crinkling, a crinkling tissue paper, the cat is in the room. On the prowl. Yeah, messing around with tissue paper as she likes to do. The other thing is, if you hear weird noises that kind of sound like like mini thuds or like squeaking or like things like moving, uh, it's probably because we we have the microphone on a like folding card table, and since we're going to be eating from off that table, it can kind of, like, end up moving a little bit. So, pardon those noises if they end up happening. So, we are going to start out with a um, side that is Brussels sprouts and sweet potatoes. And, yes, they are done together. Oh, and um, onion. there's onion as well, red onion. Mm-hmm. So, Brussels sprouts, sweet potatoes, red onion done all together with olive oil, salt, and pepper. Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh, and it sounds kind of weird, but really, really good, actually. This is a dish that's popular with my family. And we have chosen to pair with that a, and this is a first for the podcast, a Brute IPA. Uh, it is John Wilkes Brute, and it is a collaboration beer between Pizza Boy Brewing and Four Score Beer Company. And Pizza Boy's out of Enola, Pennsylvania, and Four Score is going to be out of Gettysburg. They're actually not even open yet. Still not open. Still not open okay. yet. Um, their construction is ongoing at the moment for their facility, and just so people know, we've talked about Ben Little before in the past, who used to be the head brewer at Manor Hill Brewing. He is one of the people who will be opening Four Score Brewing, so I am excited for that reason. I'm going to open this up. I cut my nails recently. It's a 16 ounce can. 16 ounce can. Let's get a little in the glass. It looks very similar to the first one. Yeah, it's really yellow slash clearish. Yeah, it's. Um, Oh, I did not say the ABV. The ABV is. I don't see it. Where was it? Hmm. Oh, 6.5. Duh. Okay. It was in a kind of easy-to-see spot, and I just didn't see it for some reason. It's very hazy. It's very hazy. Yeah, it. I mean, it looks like a hazy IPA, but it looks almost white. Yeah, it's very, very light. Yeah, it's very light. I mean, there is still an orange to it, but it's very light in color. Oh, it Interesting. smells really good, though. And this isn't super fresh either. This is a little over a month in the can. So. It smells, yeah, it smells so like. Oh, citrusy. Yeah, it's like a blast of citrus. What is it? Like 
pineapple, yeah. um, a lot of like nice bright orange, a little tangerine maybe. Yeah, definitely tangerine. Like it's like that sweet citrus. Yeah. Yeah, it does smell kind of sugary at the same time. I mean, to me, it just smells like a New England style IPA. Yeah. I mean, really. It sounds really good. Yeah, it does smell awesome. Super juicy. Very drying. Super dry. Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing behind the Brute IPAs, because Brute with champagne means like the driest of the dry when it comes to champagne. Um, so that's kind of where the brute comes for, from with brute IPAs. So that's kind of the aim. Um, so it's supposed to be kind of like the champagne of beers, not Miller High Life. There's something um, else in there. What is that? I mean, there's a there's a, a lingering bitterness at the end that's kind of yes. like a orange peel, in my opinion. Like the bitterness from yeah, biting into an orange peel. Yeah, that's all I'm perceiving is the bitterness and the drying, which is yeah. kind of... Throwing me off. Well, the thing for me is that, like, I get, I, I get, like, a blast of that citrus and the pineapple, tangerine, all that stuff we were talking about getting in the nose. I get a blast of that up front, but then it dissipates really fast because of the drying Oh, yeah. Everything aspect. dissipates. You're like, whoa, did I even have anything in my mouth? Yeah, basically. It kind of, like, wipes your tongue. It ghosts on you. Yeah, 100%. And that's why I kind of don't really get the Brute IPA style because that ends up happening. But I do have to say, I've talked about not really caring all that much for Brute IPA, but this is, I like it. So, four score and Pizza Boy, good job. Yeah, I like it too. I started eating my vegetables. Okay, so tell me, tell us about the flavor on these veggies. <laughs> it's best to eat it all at once, all in one, one forkful. I mean. Fork it. I feel like I can't describe that. I mean, it's just sweet potatoes. I mean, you get the sweetness, and. Mm-hmm. Kind of the creaminess from the sweet potato, and then you have the Brussels sprout, which depending on what you get, some of them are a little more crispy. I don't think I have any onion, actually. Well, that's fine. Oh, I do get a little bit of, like, an onion flavor. Yeah, I mean, and I hated Brussels sprouts for the longest time, but... Then you kind of figure out certain ways to do them so that they are good. And this combo works really well, the sweet potato with the Brussels sprouts, because there's a lot of bitterness in Brussels sprouts, and there's a lot of sweetness in sweet potatoes, and it kind of balances it. So it's nice. So it's a good pairing. Mm-hmm. No, it is. <laughs> the food itself. But now... The other thing is, well, I mean, they're and they're done roasted, which I think really is the only way to eat a Brussels sprout. Okay, so you took your first sip of the beer again. I don't like it after the Brussels sprouts and sweet potatoes. No, it takes all that sweetness. All the citrus. Away. All the citrus and sweetness is gone. It just kind of, okay, and this is kind of weird. It tastes like dry carrot puree. What the hell? (laughs) I mean, see if you think that's accurate. It tastes like dried carrot puree. It's weird. I don't know how you got that. I, it just is not good. But yeah, gonna... no. It, it it definitely does not work. It doesn't work. It definitely doesn't work. You need a little bit more. No, I'm just going to rinse. 
Oh, okay. Well, I would. I just want to do the. Here, let me give you just a little bit more because I want to do the the beer to the food and see if it. Oh, I just did that. I didn't notice a difference oh, with no the difference. food at all. Okay. No, but I'm gonna finish these vegetables. So I just delicious. cleanse my palate. Going back to the beer, the citrus, all that stuff is back. I actually taste a little bit of like a caramelly malt note in there now too. I'll go back to the food. Okay. I do feel that going from the beer to the food, it's making the sweet potatoes taste a little sweeter, in my opinion, because of that kind of like little bit of bitterness and dryness in the finish of the beer. It just makes it, makes the sweet potato sweeter. And I think it downplays a little bit of the Brussels sprout bitterness. Yeah. So I would actually say for me that the beer enhances the food. The food destroys the beer, though. So, what are you looking for is really what it comes down to. And that'll be an individual choice, really. Okay. Okay. Moving on. So, the main piece of our meal... Well, the end is the main piece, I guess. (laughs) That's what I'm looking forward to the most. But this should be good. So, we're going to do a crab cake. We are from Maryland. We live in, well, we're not originally from Maryland. Rebecca's from Pennsylvania. I'm from Ohio, but we spent a good amount of time in Maryland. And in Maryland, it's about crab cakes. Uh, one of the best places for crab cakes is called Box Hill Pizzeria. So that is where we got crab cakes from. And we're going to whoop it up with that. Uh, and so I made, I made a bold choice on this for the beer that we're going to do. So this is going to sound weird at first, but I'll tell you where my head is. So we're going to do Fremont Brewing's Dark Star Oatmeal Stout, and it is 8% alcohol, okay? So my thought on this is potentially these are complementing flavors because it could turn the beer into tasting somewhat like an a, um, oyster stout because of this, the oceanic quality of the crab. Could we'll be a little out. bit like oyster. I don't know. We'll find out. Um, and if you want to... Try this pairing on your own. Box Hill does ship their crab cakes. That's frozen, true. Which is how we purchase them. Um, Even and, if you just want some good crab cakes. Right. And they will give you instructions on how to cook them. You know, they want you to pull them out the day before so they can thaw in the refrigerator. Yep. All that jazz. Okay. Oops. I just keep on digging this crab Oh, cake. and by the way, uh, it is important to also note that uh, Bourbon Barrel Age Dark Star is the number one beer that's ever been on the podcast. Yeah. This is some years ago, but um, Fremont was really nice, and they sent us a bunch of beers for the podcast, and we evaluated them, and blind tasting, Bourbon Barrel Age Dark Star ended up being one of the best beers. It was really okay. good. So, so look like a stout. Yep. Oatmeal stout. The head to it is pretty brown. Yep. You can't see through it. Maybe really around the edges. It smells so creamy. Yeah, it does smell... Well, I mean, that would be from the oatmeal, all the lipids, so that ends up adding the protein. Yeah. There's a little bit of an ashiness on the end, too. I'm just getting, like, really creamy, like, chocolate milk. Yeah. It is like a creamy chocolate milk, but the chocolate smells dark chocolate because it finishes with a decent bitterness on the nose. Mm. Smells good. Like, yeah, yeah, like an ashy, dark chocolate. Yeah. That smells good. And it does smell real creamy. Take it. 
feel like there's not a lot to say about this beer because I feel like it's a very good classic oatmeal style. Yeah. It has, um, it's a little like tobacco-y. Okay. I could see that. When I taste it. It's got like a little tobacco going on, a little leather, but there's also that dark chocolate. There's that creamy mouthfeel mm-hmm. to it. You can tell there's the oatmeal in there kind of adding to that body. I like it a lot. It is good. Okay. I'm going in for this crab cake. All right. I want to eat it when it's still warm. Yeah, now let's try this crab cake. And we don't have anything on it. There's no tartar sauce, cocktail yeah. sauce, anything like that. Do that on your own time, people, if you want to do that. We mm. just want to get the flavor of the crab cake itself. Well, I will say, I was, first of all, I was a little skeptical because we've only have, ever had the, these for, like, takeout. Like, yeah. They prepare them. Yeah. And I feel like it's, I mean, it's not as a pretty presentation because they were, like, frozen in these styrofoam cups. But it tastes the same. But it tastes the same, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, there are a lot of crab cakes out there that are done with a lot of filler to it and not as much crab. The thing about Box Hill Pizzeria... It is so much crab, and Mm -hmm. there's, like, barely any filler. It's just enough filler to hold it together as a cake. Trust us. Mm -hmm. You get massive lumps of crab. I remember the first time you were like, oh, we're going to get crab cakes from Box Hill Pizzeria. And I was like, what? It's a very unassuming name, right? Yeah, like, why? But they are legit. God, I'm just, I keep going back. These these crab cakes are so damn good. good. Okay. So, like Rebecca said, people, you can order them online. You should definitely do that. I got Rebecca's beer now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Crab is so tasty. Like, it doesn't even honestly need sauce. Mm-mm. It doesn't. It tastes awesome. That beer's still good. I feel like the integrity of the beer's still there. 100%. I still taste everything. If it, if anything, I think it actually takes my perception down a little bit of that tobacco, that mm. leather, and a little bit of an ashiness that was present. So it actually makes it a little more dark chocolate, a little more creamy. Oh, see, I was going to say I feel less um, creaminess. Oh, in the okay. Eh, I don't think so. But it's still... Not for me. The food, it definitely, that crab cake definitely changes it more in the direction of going dark chocolate. Like, the dark chocolate was there, but I feel like it strips a bunch of other stuff down a little bit, so that after you have that crab cake, it's more dark chocolate driven, which I like. I like that. Yeah. So let me do... I think this is good. I've kind of gone back and forth, back and forth, and I feel like crab cake is good, the beer is good, they're working. And when you first suggested this pairing, I was like... What? Yeah, it seemed weird, right? I was like, I don't think so. And then you kind of said your rationale. I was like, okay. It was a hunch I had, and it ended up paying off. So I will say going from the beer to the crab cake, it increases the fishiness of the crab cake a little bit, but it's not to a point where it's bad. I think it also increases a little bit of kind of like, you know how after it comes out, like that kind of like golden brown buttery kind of, um, I want to say, like, toast to it. You know, you, you, you taste, like, a little bit of, like, a toasted mm. butteriness okay. on the crab. I think that the beer increases my perception of that kind of, like, buttery toast on the on the crab cake. Yeah. So well, I think this works both ways. Yeah, definitely works. 
All right, we got two. We got one that, like, failed on the beer, but the other two thus far have been pretty good. Okay. Okay, so now we're moving to dessert, which we have four, the same dessert, but four different types of it. And here we go. So where Box Hill Pizzeria is our favorite go-to for crab cakes, this, our dessert, is going to be cupcakes, and it is from our favorite go-to for cupcakes. It is Flavor Cupcakery and Bake Shop, and they make outstanding cupcakes. Uh, And they usually have a bunch of staple ones, but then they have a bunch that are kind of rotating. And I got only rotating flavors for what we're having tonight. That's true, you did. And we have four. Yes. Four different cupcakes that we're going to try. But first, let's get to... The first beer. The beer. Do I have the bottle opener? Oh, it's over here. Whoop. Put it somewhere and forgot where it was. Okay, so this is by... I don't know. It's a brewery out of Norway. I always struggle on how to say this. Non or Nogne. Okay, <laughs> literally it's spelled N-O-G-N-E. N-O-N-O-G-N-E, but there's like a cross through the O, so you look oh, at it. Oh, yeah, I don't... Non? I, I feel like it's like non or something like that, but that's the brewery, and this is their number 100, that's all it's called, it's called number 100, it is a barley wine style ale, and it is 10% alcohol. 10%? Yeah. I figured um, something like this should be good for a dessert because the sweetness of it should be able to stand up to the sweetness of the cupcakes. Okay, we'll find out. I mean, that's my thought, but yeah, we'll find out, like I said. And once again, these all these beer choices are just us making these decisions. We're, we didn't consult anything, it's just, this is what we, we thought about the flavors and we're like, we think this will happen. So I think we're doing all right because yeah, the minor minor worked well with the um, with that dip, the uh, Fremont Dark Star worked really well with the crab cake. So we want John Wilkes Brute didn't work, but yeah, it's fine. Okay. Anyway, so, so it looked like a barley wine. It's like brown. Yeah, brownish, dark, little reddish. Yeah, dark. Um, Ooh. a little bit of a tan on the head. Ooh. Kind of smells like an English barley wine. Smells very woody. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's a good point. It's it has a very woody smell, but it's also like a lot of brown sugar. It's sweet. It's woody. It's boozy. Yeah, that's definitely what it smells like. I. It's kind of all I'm perceiving. How do the arms smell now? There's a little. It kind of smells like there there might be a little bit of, like, an umami that comes off almost mushroom-like. You know what I mean? Mm, maybe. I, that's all I'm saying. I smell it. That's what I smell. Okay. All right, let's try it. Very sweet. Yeah, these just... I will say it does not taste like 10%. That's true. I would agree with that. It is very sweet. It does taste really woody. It's really I woody. I don't think it's done in wood. I mean, I can look, but... Uh, no. No, no wood. Ingredients, Maris Otter, Weath. I don't even know what that is. And chocolate malt. Then Columbus, Chinook, and Centennial hops. British ale yeast. 
Yeah, no. There's no woodiness to it, but it definitely tastes woody. It definitely tastes woody. I don't know. Sweet finish. So there's almost like a very slight grape on the end. Definitely. Very, very slight grape. And yeah, it tastes brown sugary too. This is good. I like this. It's okay. I do like it. But I think even if you're not huge on it, like you said, you can't tell it's 10%. No. And that's a feat. Yes. I'd say, I'd put it like eight, yep. maybe. I would agree. Mm. Now, what cupcake do you want to try first? Okay. Uh, let's go with the lighter flavors, I think. So, I'm going to cleanse my palate real quick. So, the lightest, we have we have three that the base cupcake is chocolate and one it's um, vanilla. So let's go with that one first, the okay. vanilla one, which is the one I'm actually most excited about. It is a vanilla bourbon cupcake. Yes, doesn't that sound amazing, folks? Okay, once again, sorry if we're making extra noise. We have to because we're eating. Ooh. So the, the vanilla frosting is a lot lighter than I thought. It almost plays a little bit like a Cool Whip. It is. Yeah. Um, but a lot of vanilla. Do I really get bourbon? No. I, I really mean, get it's bourbon. It's like very caramelly. Yeah. But. Which I guess that's the kind of quote bourbon. Yeah. But I don't care what it is. It's delicious. Yeah. It's just like a nice white vanilla cake with a really light vanilla-y. Are we going back to the beer now? Um, yeah, go ahead. I think it holds up. Yeah. I'm going to go back for another bite. So, it it makes the beer not taste as sweet, which is actually okay for me. It makes it, like we were saying, we felt like we were getting like a woodiness on the flavor, but... I feel like it kind of increases that woodiness in a good way. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of all. Yeah, it kind of just really... tastes a little earthy and woody. Yeah. In a, in a good way. Like, I like it. Well, pour me a little more because I guess we'll have to be doing this for... Well, I finished my portion of that cupcake and that was a damn good cupcake. Yeah. We look good. I do think the the going from the beer to the cupcake, it brings the sweetness down a little bit, which in my opinion is kind of always fine when it comes to something like a cupcake, because a lot of the times it ends up being kind of a little bit overly sweet for me, because I don't do sweet stuff a lot. So Let me slide that to you, if you need to finish the crumbs. Mm. That's a really good cupcake. Yeah, it's really good. Okay. Actually, oh, I'm going to eat those crumbs later. Yeah, I'll get the crumbs later. It's fine. Okay. So you better eat those crumbs and you better eat the rest of that but the caramel filling. you need filling. more barley wine. need more barley wine to finish this. Yes, you do. Okay. So let's cleanse your palate and let's go to the next cupcake. Can I just eat the cupcakes? Come on. No. All right. Which cupcake you want next? Um, I think the tuxedo. One of these. Okay. That's tuxedo. Okay. 
Yeah, it's going to so, have a more milder flavor. So I think the, so the tuxedo is like a chocolate cake and it has like a chocolate ganache on it. And then I think they said that the filling and part of the um, frosting is like a cheesecake. Ooh. So. Kind of like a black bottom. Yeah. Kind of. Very chocolatey, obviously. Okay. I see where the cheesecake um, aspect is coming into play. Creamy. Mm-hmm. Tons and tons of chocolate, though. I think the ganache is what pushes it, like, way towards chocolate, too. Yeah. It's good. Now to the barley one. Actually, it makes the barley, barley, barley wine taste a little stringent, I feel like. Makes the... Makes the barley wine just kind of taste nondescript. Yeah. So the vanilla bourbon really worked well with it. But this, yeah, it kind of makes it a little more astringent and strips away a lot of the flavors, in my opinion. So I don't really like this one as much. I'm going to go from the barley wine to the I cupcake. Mean, I feel like it's going to be hard to make the cupcake taste bad. And my suspicions well, are right. Yeah, that's true. Because the cupcake's too sweet and so chocolatey. It would be hard to F that up. So, again, it, um, the beer downplays the sweetness of the cupcake, and I like that better. Like, I like the cupcake better with the beer, but the problem is the cupcake kind of ruins the beer. Yeah. So, it's like, it's like, oh my god, what are you going to do? Yeah. It was kind of like with the, the John Wilkes Brewed IPA with the, the Brussels sprouts and sweet potato. Like, the Brussels sprouts and sweet potato ruined that beer. But the beer increased the sweetness of yeah. the Brussels sprouts and sweet potato, which only, I liked. It only go one way. Yes, yeah, so this is back. the same thing. Okay, next cupcake. Let's see. Which one do you want to do? Probably this. Okay. Because that one is going to be a more strong flavor. Okay. Okay, so then the third one... Is a chocolate raspberry chambord. So it's supposed to be uh, chocolate cake with a raspberry frosting and chambord included in it. I don't know if it's in the cake and the frosting or one or the other. But chambord, Rebecca looked it up because I wasn't sure. It's supposedly like a raspberry liqueur. Yeah. And the, did you say there's like a raspberry filling? Well, oh, I know. I didn't yeah. know about a raspberry filling. Let's try it. Mm. Ooh, that raspberry is beautiful. This is really good. Oh, damn. So it's like... It's like a... Like a really awesome raspberry jam. With chocolate encasing it. And like a nice... Like buttery... Vanilla-y frosting to go with it. That's good. That raspberry pops. Like, a lot. I love the raspberry in that. That raspberry is so killer. Mmm. This is the best of the cupcakes yet, I think. I really like that vanilla bourbon, but damn. I think this works. I feel like it's bringing out Ooh. a really, really nice wood. It's You're still getting the wood, but it's like... Kind of reminds me of the Palo Santo wood from Palo Santo Marone. Sure. Yeah, um, I can see that. I also think that 
the beer doesn't kill the raspberry in my mouth. So the raspberry sticks around and it's like it incorporates with the beer. So it's kind of tasting like raspberry wood and brown sugar and it tastes really good. I'm going back to the cupcake. Yeah. This That's a winning surprising. combo. It's kind of weird, but it, That's yeah. a winner. That's definitely a winner. I like that. All right, I'm going to go back. See what the beer does to it. I'm assuming it just brings the sweetness down a little. I feel like I'm not tasting as much raspberry now. So, Maybe that was just a bite I had. Let me try it. Oh, no. I still get that raspberry. Might just have been my bite. Well, okay. Oh, my cupcake, cupcake down. I see what you're saying, though. It doesn't pop as much. Right. I definitely still get a lot of raspberry, but it doesn't pop as much. It's not as sweet as is the same with the overall cupcake. Like, the chocolate's not as sweet. The vanilla-y, buttery um, mm. frosting's not as sweet. Like, everything's just a little bit duller. Still good. I think I like the cupcake on its own. But I like the beer more after the cupcake. Yeah. Yeah, this is, yeah. I'm surprised this is working. Mm, this is good. After the crab cake, I was like, I'm, I'm full. I felt so full after the crab cake. But now I feel like I have a lot more room in my stomach. Yeah, because you understand that there's always room for cupcakes. I know. Cupcakes are friggin' amazing. And even if you feel like there's no room, you're going to force it in there. Well, right? and I was like cutting the cupcakes in half and you know so we just have like a little bite mm-hmm. and i was like licking the knife in between i'm like oh man these are so good yeah okay so the last cupcake we're gonna do is peppermint hot chocolate is what it's called so once again it's a it's like a chocolate actual cupcake it's i think it's supposed to be like a vanilla um a vanilla um frosting but have peppermint added to it and I think, I don't know if it's in there, but there's supposed to be also, like, little marshmallows. Yeah, there are. And it was really cute because there was, like, a little straw on top. Yeah, which, obviously, don't eat the straw. And we <laughs> won't. Peppermint. Chocolate. Peppermint. Mm-hmm. Vanilla. And I don't normally like mm. mint and chocolate together. But I, I, we had, I had this one before, and I was, like... Really pleasantly surprised. I think the reason you dig it so much is because the chocolatiness is so decadent. It's so rich and gooey that it just, like, folds over top of the peppermint. Yeah. It's just, like, it really, in an awesome way, smooths out all of the kind of rough edges that you can get with peppermint. And that's what I like about it. Okay. So I just took a sip sip of the beer. And that peppermint, while it is really subtle, it just overpowers the beer. I'm, like, not oh. tasting any. The beer just tastes like nothing now. All right, I'm going to try it. I just keep, yeah, I keep tasting the peppermint. I mean, you have to take a couple sips, and then you'll kind of get some of that wood characteristic, but that's it. Yeah, so the beer does really get lost. It doesn't make it taste bad. No. It's just kind of like... Not you're, Yeah, you're aware you're drinking a liquid. Right. But what is it? Because the peppermint's just kind of coating everything. I agree with that. Well, let me do the, the opposite. I'm going to do a palate cleanse real quick. Okay. So I just went back to the cupcake. Cupcake good. Stands up. It does. Mm. All right. There's my drink. No cupcake. 
No? Yes? You're still eating? Thinking? Eating? Thinking? Yeah, like with the other ones, it takes the, um, the sweetness down a bit. Accentuates the flavor of the chocolate more as opposed to the sweetness of the chocolate. Hmm. Making it a little more fudgy and okay. a little more creamy, in my opinion. And it downplays the peppermint a tad, but it's all still really good. Yeah. It just, it makes the cupcake softer overall. And I kind of like that because it's kind of, I don't know why, but it's kind of making the mouth feel even more pleasurable. Hmm. So, I don't know. Okay. Well, I think this is a good pick, though. I think overall it... Yeah. With the the, the chocolate raspberry Chambord one, it was uh, awesome. Yeah. Like, it made that beer nice, so... Yeah, okay. so what do you think? This is a good one. Yeah, absolutely. You want to rank uh, the beers oh. then? Oh. Uh, this isn't probably not going to be too tough for me, honestly. Go ahead. Um, I'm going to go the minor minor first. That was the uh, oak oak fooder aged grisette with orange blossoms and calendula flowers by Brewery Tiriu and the Collective Brewing Project. That's my number one. My number two has got to be the Fremont Brewing's Dark Star Oatmeal Stout. Then after that, it's going to be the John Wilkes Brute, Brute IPA by Four Score Brewing and Pizza Boy Brewing. And then the 100, number 100 barley wine style ale by Nolan, I think. By the brewery we can't pronounce. <laughs> by the brewery we're having a hard time pronouncing, yes. Okay. So I'm going to do, it's kind of hard because like, I like the t- my top three are kind of all the same, and then the last one is the barley one. That's fine. So, I, I for me, my number one, though, would be the Fremont. Okay. The Dark Star. Sure. Uh, and then then the Brute IPA. Okay. And then Minor Minor. All right. That's all good. So, that's it. But what was your favorite pairing? Oh, I thought you were going to talk about just my cu- the cupcakes. <laughs> well, the, well, the cupcakes are great, but what what was your overall favorite pairing, though? Might be the crab cake. Yeah, the crab cake with the Dark Star was pretty friggin' good. But I think for me, even though it was my last place beer, the chocolate raspberry Chambord cupcake oh. and then going back to the to that um, barley wine was actually really awesome. Yeah. It's like, that's like neck and neck with the crab cake yeah. and the and the Fremont Dark Star. Yeah. But did you, did you think going into this that you would be like, my favorite pairing is... The oatmeal stout with the crab crab cake. cake. No, not at all. (laughs) Just goes to show people, think about the flavors in each of them and how they can complement. Because I know that people people can do pairings in different ways, and sometimes people like to match same flavors. And sometimes that works, but for me, I find that most oftentimes it does not work. And what I'm looking for is flavors that complement each other that can fold together. That's what I'm looking for. So when we were looking at these beers and what we were going to eat, we were looking at flavors and trying to be like, what flavors could fold together and help each other? So. I think we did well. Yeah. Did all right. Uh, People, if you want to get in contact with us, send us an email, brutalbattlepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, thanks for sticking with us. And we've been around for about six years. It's been six years. So if you could spread the word, we'd appreciate that. And also iTunes reviews, ratings and reviews, please. And, and you had something to say. I was just going to say that you always have to remember to 
Keep it This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production.